Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The volume. All right. Open mic is fired up uh, for this guest. It is impossible not to root for Adam Thielen if you know his story and how improbable it is that he is playing in the NFL, let alone tearing it up a decade in. But I, so I was already a fan, but then uh, in 2018, uh, a legendary coach uh, told him, well, we'll get into it in the podcast, but he, uh, he got sworn at during a game by a legendary coach. And from that point on to me, he was just a living legend. Uh, Adam, how are you, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> right on. Well, I'll, I'll, I will get to that celebrated moment because it's, it's one of my all-time favorites but uh yeah I, I mean you are part of a Vikings team that's really started out well at five and one known Kevin O'Connell for a while it's really cool what you guys have going you know we always hear the words culture change pretty much at any time there's a coaching change uh what has it really meant in terms of, of Kevin and and Kwesi uh, Dofa Mensa coming in and how you guys have experienced it yeah, I think just um, leadership, you know, I think uh, it's not, it's a collaborative leadership. It's not just one guy being a good leader. It's multiple people from the top, you know, being really good leaders. And, um, you know, I, I think there's different ways you can lead. Um, but I feel like when, uh, when you really get a bunch of good leaders that collaborate together, they kind of know their weaknesses, they know their strengths and kind of uh, feed off one another. It's just, uh, it's a combination that isn't going to necessarily make sure, uh, make you win games, um, but it's going to set you up to handle adversity. And I feel like in this league, um, that's more important than probably X's and O's, just being able to handle adversity because at any point in the season, you're going to hit some some tough patches. And I mean, every game, uh, throughout a game, you're going to have some rough patches. So being able to handle adversity and to be able to lean on one another and, and to really look up to your leadership um, has really been the no biggest notice uh, or noticeable thing that I've seen um, these first six weeks. Yeah, and I, and I know, you know, it's a grind what you guys do. It's not always, you know, we see the touchdowns and all that, but you guys, you know, it's a long, long process and you guys are together a lot. Um, 
having an offensive minded head coach or a head coach with an offensive background, first of all, is that different from your perspective? It is for sure. It's the first time in my career uh, having a, an offensive minded head coach. Um, you know, I think, I think though, even though he is definitely offensive minded um, and, you know, he's, he's calling our plays and, and he's in a lot of our, in most of our offensive meetings, obviously. Um, but I think he does a great job of, of being the head coach, you know, not just being the offensive coordinator. Um, I think he does a great job of, of understanding that, that this is a team game. And then we need every single aspect of this team, special teams, defense, offense, to really play together, complement football. And I think he just does a great job of, of kind of picking up everybody. Um, there's no point in fingers. Um, it's just, it's just, Hey, what do we need to do this week to, to win? And, and uh, it might look different each week and you find a way, but um, I think he does a great job of, of being the head, like head coach, not um, just offensive head coach. So, you know, your story has been well documented. You were, uh, you know, you got a, I guess we can call it a scholarship offer out of high school and, you know, we're not ticketed for NFL stardom. Um, you obviously had to overcome a lot and have just an incredible self-belief. Do you remember a couple of moments where, you know, you were either told flat out, like, dude, you are dreaming. You are not, you're not going to play on that level or where you were just, completely you know counted out that you you kind of access oh yeah every every step of the way for me uh <laughs> which uh has kind of put a little bit of fuel to in my fire um you know it's something that's always kind of added that you know as people say a chip on your shoulder you know i think that's um you know kind of just stacks on um every step of the way you know i remember coming into college and I tell the story pretty much every time I, I talk to a group, but, you know, I, I, I remember coming into the recruiting trips and and going to Mankato and I was, a, it was like a walk-on visit Mankato. Um, this is before the, uh, the coaching staff got fired and they had new coaches, but uh, I sat down with the offense coordinator and he kind of sat my mom and I down and said, you know, I don't think that, uh, your son is cut out for division two football. He probably should go play basketball somewhere. Um, and, uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, going into the, uh, even to the, the NFL, um, um, part of my journey, um, I remember coaches saying, Hey, maybe, maybe like arena ball or, or, or Canadian football, I could see that, but, um, you know, I don't know if you should even try for the NFL. So there's, there's always kind of been that, but again, you know, that, that kind of just adds fuel to my fire. And then, and then even looking in the NFL, you know, uh, people had me kind of, um, pegged to be just a special teams guy, just a guy that's going to go out there and try hard and, and, um, you know, do his job on special teams and, uh, just be a special teamers for his career. But, um, uh, again, those, those things are, I, I think are the reason why I'm where I'm at. No doubt. Um, so I, I did uh, a book with Kurt Warner uh, coming off of the the Miracle 99 season. Uh, you'll see behind me, that's a American underdog signed helmet. Uh, 21 years later, it turned into a movie. And, uh, you know, so I'm a sucker for all the underdog stories always. And no his, was, his was certainly right up there. Um, you know, it, did you kind of draw on inspiration from any, any either him or anyone's uh, story where they were just kind of counted out and told there's no way? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, those are all, um, you know, things that you look up to, um, you know, all the motivational things you see. Um, you kind of just compile those things and you look up to those people for for handling that adversity, for sticking it out, for believing in themselves. Um, you know, the one thing I've always kind of felt like, 
Um, I've always kind of, I've never been like a big motivation guy. It's more so just, just living in the moment. Um, and, and, you know, even when I, I look back to my college days, like I never thought about playing in the NFL or, or writing down, like I'm going to be in the NFL someday. I just focused on each day. Like I wanted to, I wanted to win the day. Like I truly wanted to win the day. And whether that be in the weight room, whether it be on the basketball court and pick up basketball, like I just wanted to go out there and, and, and be the best I could that day. And I feel like when you just continue to do that over and over and over, it, it, it adds up. And when you're not, you're not focused on the future, you're not looking into the future. Like, obviously you have that in the back of your head, in the back of your mind. Um, but, but just kind of just focusing on, on one day at a time and, and letting that all kind of just play out. Coming out of Minnesota State Mankato, you had to go to one of those regional combines. And I laugh because I was at NFL Network for a long time. And the reporters always had a joke about who drew the regional combine assignment. Because, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the season's over and, you know, no one wants to travel as much. And, you know, some people are high profile. And then, oh, you got the regional combine. So that's from a reporter's perspective. From a player's perspective, you know, you're just trying to, to make a name for yourself. Uh, what do you remember about that, first of all? Well, like I can totally get where you guys were coming from because you, you show up there and it's very underwhelming. Uh, you know, I feel like I look back to that day and, and I don't remember. Well, it was a long time ago, but um, I do remember coming in there and being like, what am I doing? Um, this this was a waste of money and time. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, because uh, you, you paid, right? You had to pay your own way there. Yeah, you paid to go there. It was in Chicago. So you had to get, you know, uh, find a way to get there. Luckily, I had a, a, a good friend. Um, who who said, hey, I'll drive you there, uh, make a little weekend out of it. So three of us jumped in a vehicle and and drove to Chicago, stayed in the hotel and and uh, did the did the combine. But um, but yeah, it, it definitely uh, you show up and there's guys that maybe have never played football before. Uh, I remember they sent a quarterback home like after him throwing like five balls or like just just leave because uh, he couldn't throw the football. Uh, so you're kind of thinking like, oh, boy, what am I doing? But. <laughs> Um, at the end of the day, it was an opportunity to put numbers out there. You know, I had no other opportunity. There wasn't scouts coming to Mankato to get numbers, to get times and things like that. And I never had ran a 40 before that in my life. Uh, so it was an opportunity. And and uh, thankfully, I did it um, and got invited to the Super Regional, which which was much better. You know, there was actually guys there that that were that got drafted um, that were they were big college players that just uh, just missed out on the on the, you know, the real NFL combine. That's crazy. So, and then uh, in May, you ended up going to a Vikings rookie minicamp, uh, you know, try one of many people just trying to land a spot. I, I did a little recon on this because I know B Bill Musgrave very well, covered him as a player, and he was the Vikings offensive coordinator at the time. I, I joked to him that he had uh, discovered you and he texted back, more like he discovered us. Uh, <laughs> what, what was that? What was that little uh, rookie mini camp like? Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I was, I was honestly at that time uh, looking back at it. I obviously understand it, but I, I was a little, a little, um, you know, frustrated honestly that I didn't get an opportunity to go somewhere um, just signed. You know, like there's 90 guys on a roster spot. I felt like I put together numbers that stood up with anybody, and then. Um, you know, I just felt like I had the tangibles with, uh, you know, my ability to catch the football and, and, and I've, I had film, I had numbers in college. So I just felt like a, like almost like I, uh, uh, again, I was getting overlooked and added some fuel to the fire, but then, yeah, you know, going to that camp, you know, is obviously an opportunity. I was super excited 
my hometown team to be able to just go out there and play football again. Um, you know, I never know if I, I never, at that point, I didn't know if I had taken my last snap of, of football in my, uh, in my life. So um, to get another opportunity to just go out and play football, um, I joke around, I look back at that moment and I'm more nervous right now thinking about that moment than I was in the moment. I just was out there playing football. I felt like a kid in, in uh, you know, elementary school, just going out in the backyard and playing football again. So um, what a, what a great moment. And then I was able to have a little success in a short, short time and, and was able to stay, stay around a little longer. That's awesome. And, you know, and for people who don't know, it was a year of the practice squad. It was special teams. You know, this was even when you made the team, it, it took a while before you finally, you know, got a chance to really to, to shine as a receiver. Uh, weren't there some joint workouts against the Bengals where like Pac-Man Jones and Drake Kirkpatrick didn't want to line up against you? Oh yeah. That was uh that's a 100% true story. They, uh, I would, I would get up in line and, and they would kind of look around the huddle and be like, nah, I'm not going against him, someone else. Um, and, uh, you know, that was another, you know, you talk about adding a chip on your show, they're stacking it on top of each other. That was another one of those moments. Um, I'll never forget North Turner came up to me before that practice. And he kind of said like, hey, this is your make or break. Like you go out there and prove that you belong in this league. And this is kind of your last opportunity uh, to show that you can play in this league. And and I'll never forget that moment. Um, it definitely uh, pushed my butt a little bit um, and was able to have a good week of practice and, and probably some of the hardest um, circumstances I've ever been around. It was it was blessed hot and uh, humid and it was just uh, insane um, practice, physical. Um, I'll never forget those practices with them, but uh, but made it through and then was able to to perform and played well in that game, that preseason game. And um, really gave me an opportunity to play receiver moving forward. So to clarify, they weren't saying they didn't want to go against you because you were going to embarrass them. They were like, this guy's not on my level. Right. It was a, it was a waste of time for them. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then I ended up getting actually getting uh, punched in the face um, uh, later in that, in that joint practice by Pac-Man. Um, uh, he actually ripped my helmet off. I was going to block him and I was blocking him. And he didn't like that. And he ripped my helmet off and I got in his face and then he ended up punching me in the face and created a little scuffle, which every joint practice, I feel like there's something like that, but uh, um, kind of a wild week for me. That's amazing. So did you and Pac-Man ever like uh, chop it up and work it out or does that just remain kind of a, you know, just. Yeah, a... that was, that was so long ago. He probably has no idea who I am or what I, <laughs> you know, he probably doesn't even remember that that was me. So uh, someday I'll, I'll, uh, I'll connect with them and, and, and we'll, we'll laugh about it. I love it. All right. Well, since we're talking about confrontation, so uh, by December of 2018, you're already uh, tearing up the league and, you know, one of the, one of the best receivers in the league, you're playing the Patriots late in the season. It's a tense game. And if I remember right, uh, Belichick, it's when he's trying to pull his challenge flag out of his sock, and you were kind of talking to the ref, and Belichick told you STFU, essentially. Uh, take take me through that moment. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, a little, little heated moment. Uh, it was a tense game, like you said, and uh, we weren't performing very well, and it was, a, it was a big game for us, and I was a little frustrated. Um, you know, the old... Belichick defense, they're doubling you, they're, they're, they're getting hands on you, they're frustrating you. Um, so they they definitely did their job and they got to me a little bit. But uh, yeah, I remember there was uh, 
Uh, we got the first down. It was like a fourth and one maybe or a third and inches maybe. And and we got the first down. They gave us the first down. And um, um, so they could see the replay. We were going right back on the ball. Uh, you could see a guy look to the sideline and then kind of shake his head and then go down and fake like he was injured. So I saw that whole thing happen and then they end up challenging it. And that was when he was, when he was talking to the ref, he was challenging it. He was actually picking up his challenge leg. And I kind of lost it a little bit, lost my cool. And I was talking to the ref and then, and then, you know, saying how that's, that's kind of BS that's cheating. And, uh, and then he came over and told me to, sh you know, shut up uh, with uh, some choice words. And uh, I kind of just went at him and said, you're a cheater. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, it was a little bit of a, a confrontation. But uh, uh, again, you know, the heat of the moment and uh, probably probably shouldn't have done that. But uh, uh, but yeah, definitely a, a good story. Were you just were you like hanging out with your wife that night and just going, oh, I just uh, got into it with one of the greatest coaches of all time? Yeah, I think it's one of those things, again, like when. When I'm in the in, on the field and and when I'm playing, you know, I'm still, you know, obviously playing. Uh, I'm not really thinking about it being the NFL or playing against these legendary people, guys that have won multiple Super Bowls. You know, I, it just feels like a football game to me. So I'm not really thinking about any of that. I'm just out there playing and and letting it fly. And and I have a, I'm an emotional football player. I'm an emotional person. So um, just kind of let it let I let my full colors uh, show. And and uh, I've had to tame that back as I've gotten older and I've learned and. <laughs> Um, I made a vow to my wife. I'll, I won't throw my helmet again. And I haven't done that in a few years. So uh, trying to trying to keep that going. But uh, um, but yeah, let let my emotions get the best of me that day. I guarantee there were a lot of people in the NFL community, though, who were like, thank you, dude. Anyway, so uh... <laughs> this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. All right. Well, uh, you teamed with another very emotional guy, Stefan Diggs. You guys were probably the, the best tandem in football when you were together and I, you know, I know he got to the point where he was very frustrated with the, you know, the offensive approach at that time. And, you know, at the, and I agreed with him. I thought, you know, I would love to see the Vikings be more aggressive, you know, knowing, knowing what little I know. Um, how, how was that for you going through that? I mean, was he kind of speaking for both of you or was he just more, was he just kind of in a different place with things when he started to to voice that? No, yeah, he definitely was. Uh, um, he was um, the one willing to voice his opinion. Um, and uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally got where he's come from. We had hours and hours and hours of conversation. Um, you know, as he, he's 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 such a uh, a good person, and uh, you know, obviously got got a bad rap from that a little bit. But um, um, and I know he's in a great place now, and and uh, feeling very good. And I know he's a a leader and a captain over there in Buffalo, and. Um, that's the type of person he is here too. Um, you know, it's just, uh, um, you know, us as competitors and athletes, like we want, we want to have opportunity. We want the ball in our hands to go show what we can do. And, and, and we've all seen what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands and when he gets targets and opportunities. So, um, you know, it's it one of those things where we're trying to just win games as a team. Um, but at the same time, like it, it is our livelihood and, and we have to go out there and, and, and we have to have opportunity to show what we can do. And, and uh, I totally get it, but it'll be good to see him here in a couple of weeks. Can't wait to see him and, and hopefully get a Jersey swap. Cause I'd love to love to put his Jersey up on the wall. Uh, obviously got a ton of respect for him and we had such a great relationship and spent so much time together. So it'd be good to see him. That's awesome. You know, normally if a team like the Vikings let a guy like that out of the building, I'd be, I'd crush them. But then I saw Justin Jefferson and I was like, I feel like it helped, you know, it helped the Bills, but the Vikings are going to be just fine. Do you, how, how early on did you look at Jefferson and just go, oh, I think he might be pretty good? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of fun to look back on, honestly. Um, I remember the night we drafted him and just watching the draft. And it, as soon as we drafted him, you know, they show the highlights from college. And I remember watching those highlights and be like, all right, this, this guy is, this guy is really good. Um, and at that point, I had I'd known a little bit about him, you know, watching their run into the NFC or the uh, national championship game and, and just watching them through the playoff college playoffs and being like, man, th those guys over there, those receivers are doing some some crazy things. And, and they really helped them win win football games. And then and then we it was the covid year. So we didn't have OTAs. And so uh, I, I had him come up, invited some guys up in the summer just to kind of work out together and, and be around each other a little bit that summer. And I just remember the first kind of workout session we had throwing the football around the field and just some of the, his, his ability to catch the football away from his body 
um, was was something I hadn't really seen before. You know, he's not he's not an overly big guy, but his range on the football field is is much bigger than uh, than he looks. Um, and uh, you could see that from day one. So just his ability to his body control, um, you know, his, his movement ability, everything is so easy and smooth. Um, so I, I kind of figured there was an opportunity for him to have a have a, a, a big career. And and then when you see what kind of person he is, you're, you're around him every single day and you see how he treats his teammates and his coaches. And um, even as he had a ton of success uh, game after game and year after year, um, he's the same guy. Every single day he walks in the building, he's got a smile on his face. He's a great teammate. He's a great leader. Uh, and he's super fun to be around. So um, I couldn't ask for a better uh, uh, partner to be out there and and uh, playing together with. That's awesome. So uh, you brought up the pandemic. So early on in the pandemic, my daughter, who had graduated from college, was stuck in my house. So we started a podcast. I just exploited her labor, basically. And uh, <laughs> w- one of our early guests on Pass It Down was Kyle Rudolph, uh, your then teammate. And my daughter got right in with him and was like, um, who's Lizzo's man on the Minnesota Vikings? And he had a long answer. Like there'd been a lot of detective work, it, you know, inside the locker room on it and all that. So I got to ask you, do we know at this point who Lizzo's Minnesota Vikings boyfriend is referenced in Truth Hurts? Kyle was uh, 100% real with that. He We had a whole long investigation. I think it was the <laughs> linebacker group that kind of led the investigation. And uh, they had some serious leads and they had all these different uh, theories of, of who it was. And I think they came down to um, it was Eric Wilson, but he he completely denies it and uh, definitely says it was not him. So uh, the, the the verdict is still out there. But that was that was who they thought it was. And and no, no, I don't think anyone will ever find out. But I, I think it uh, could have been him. I mean, there must have been some unlikely suspects. You probably were OK being married, but like I'm sure there were a couple unlikely suspects who who got investigated there there were let's just say there were some great theories out there and it was uh it was kind of fun it, it was good team bonding kind of going around the locker room and uh, and doing that investigation i think uh eric kendricks was and uh anthony Barr. they were kind of leading the investigation so uh that was it was pretty good so good so was zim ever uh ruled out as a candidate or was that's he... a good that's a good point i don't even know if we if we went down that road but he, he definitely could have been a candidate it would it would have been one of the all time great NFL stories. Uh, did anyone, by the way, did anyone do a good Zim uh, impersonation? That's a good question. I don't I don't know anybody off the top of my head that that had a good Zim uh, impersonation, but I'm sure we could we could uh, uh, pull one together and find somebody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, toward the end, it probably you guys were probably like, you know, not worth the risk and and getting him. Uh, if he found out, it would just get him uh you know more grumpy but uh definitely a character so, okay so we'll go from clowning zim to kirk um uh, when i watch kirk's pregame speeches i mean listen i'm not a, a high level athlete and you know i don't know what it's like to compete at the highest level but i feel like when i see kirk's pregame speeches on video i'm like that doesn't seem like it would fire me up it just seems like a little out there do you guys ever clown him for his his motivational talks <laughs> no we don't he he uh he, he does a great job you know he's he's a he's a guy that puts a lot into this game you know and he he takes it very personally that that he um you know he knows he's making a lot of money and he knows that 
Um, he's expected to win games in this league because of just the nature of the business, right? When you're a quarterback that's a high-paid guy, like that's just the culture of this league, right? The the fans, they they expect you to win games. And he takes that very seriously. Um, I wish I wish fans had an inside look of of what it's like to be Kirk Cousins because um it is pretty impressive the way that he handles his business, even when um people are are all over him, you know, week in and week out. Um, but, uh, but I think when he does those, those speeches, it's, it's coming from the heart. Like we get to see him every single day and we get to see how much he puts into it and how much it means to him and how much he wants it. So when you, when you kind of hear the speech, like I, I can understand where you're coming from, but from us, you know, we see him every single day. So we see that it's coming from a place of guys, like I'm putting everything I got into this, like, just come with me. You know, let, let me lead. Let me let me go, um, you know, uh, put all this work in to help you guys and, and just come with me. Let's go. And uh, when you see that, like his it, the, the you know, the why behind it, I think uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. So it's interesting. So Kirk came in in the wake of that 2017 season, which included the Minnesota Miracle and a trip to the NFC Championship game. Um, and immediately it was like, Kirk, if you don't get him to the Super Bowl, you're a failure. So the standard was already, you know, kind of impossibly high for him. Um, and yet here we are in 2022 and I feel like, okay, right now you'd be the, number, I think the one and two seed or maybe the giants, but like we, I'm looking at an Eagles Vikings, like possible playoff collision. And um, you know, you guys it's early, but you guys look pretty good. Have you thought about how good you guys could be and and does this feel at all like 2017 yet you know i think uh every year is so different you just you just handle every single year you know new teammates new new staff new new um schemes um you're just trying to find a way right um and, and again every year is so different you know uh it's it is awesome to have that experience to look back at and say hey like we started the year this way and we ended this and we started the way this way and we ended like this so just kind of like under helping guys understand that it, it doesn't matter where you're at at this point in the season. What matters is week in and week out that you literally come and, and be the most prepared you can possibly be because each week is tough. It's tough to win this league. And so I think um, for us, it's just, it's just kind of figuring out a way to, to continue to get better. We also are a kind of frustrated with, with, you know, kind of um, how we played, you know, because we know that we could be so much better. You know, obviously mm. it's great to feel that way and be five and one. Um, I've been a part of teams that, you know, started out poorly and felt the same way, right? Like, hey, like we have so much more potential than we're playing right now. Um, so that is a that is a positive. You know, I, I think we're excited to get back to work this week, you know, having a few days off, which was much needed. But everyone's kind of back in this building today to say like, man, let's go practice. Like I'm ready to go get better because we know that we could play such uh, you know, better football all around, you know, and, and that's exciting when you're five and one saying that. So you grew up in Minnesota. You're a longtime Vikings fan. I'm old. I covered the 98 championship game for sports illustrated. I covered the 09 championship game in new Orleans for Yahoo. Um, which one of those as a kid or, a, a, you know, growing up was more brutal for you? I, I, I have to say equally. Uh, I remember both of them vividly. I mean, I was a hardcore fan at, uh, for both those games. 
um, lived lived and died with the Vikings. I remember uh, it would uh, again. I, you remember I'm a I'm an emotional person, emotional player. So uh, I I remember going to going to school pretty uh, pretty down and defeated after those games and um, disappointed and frustrated, but uh, almost like I I felt like I was on the team, but. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, I definitely understand. I think probably the coolest thing is I understand where the Vikings fans are coming from and, and how badly they want it. And, um, been able to talk to the team a few times in my career, just about that. Um, just kind of uh, helping them understand a little bit of the background of the Minnesota Vikings. And, um, I think guys, you know, they, they know about, you know, some of the culture of, of the past. Um, but they don't really know, you know, what, what the fans have been through and, and how badly and, and how, uh, how great of a fan base, uh, this is, you know, it's not a fan base that's gonna, that's gonna, um, throw stuff at you or, or, uh, they're not gonna uh, count you out, things like that. Um, they want to win, but, um, they're also, uh, very respectful and, um, and they're going to show up, uh, whether you're undefeated or having out a win and they're going to show up and cheer you on and, and, uh, and motivate you. So we're, we're very blessed for that. Yeah. You know, and by the way, I left out the one in New Jersey, which was, I think 41, nothing and, or it did, just did not go well at all though in the cold, but uh, yeah, no, I agree. It's great fan base. And now you guys have a state of the art facility. It's unbelievable. And uh, you know, uh, stadiums popping and it's all there for you. Um, it is, you know, you talked about that chip on your shoulder and obviously it's, it's gotten you very, very far. Um, do you still carry it? I mean, you, you know, you've done enough in this league that you could kind of coast a little bit. Do you carry it in every practice and, and every meeting? I do. I, I think it's one thing that's, that's pretty cool about this league. And I, I talk a lot, uh, talk a lot to the young guys about it is, is there's always something to prove in this league. There's, there's, there's always somebody saying, Oh, he's too old or, or he, he, he did it one time or um, this or that. There's always somebody uh, and, and, and multiple people probably that are finding a way to, to break you down and to, and to say that, you know, he, he, he can't do this anymore too old, you know? So um, there's always something that's going to motivate you and, and going to push you in, in And you have to, because if you don't, you're not playing 10 years in this league. You're, you're going to, uh, they're going to find a way to replace you with a younger, um, cheaper, um, uh, um, you know, guy that, that, uh, you know, has, has maybe more potential, I guess. So they're finding ways to get rid of you. Let's just say that. So, um, that, that definitely puts a chip on my shoulder. You know, I want to play, I want to play a few more years and I want to, um, uh, give my best foot forward and, and, and be able to help this team win games. So, um, I, I take that with me every single, every single time I step on the field with something to prove to say, Hey, I'm not, uh, uh, too old or I've never lost a step. Uh, I'm going to go out there and have to prove it, you know, every single day. Well, you barged your way in and you are not going out easily. It's the best. And uh, I totally appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Appreciate you. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.